Listener Production. Northern Hemisphere stock markets pause for thought ahead of key risk events in coming days. And Aussie shares expected to edge up on Tuesday ahead of key retail spending data. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Tuesday the 30th of January. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Brian, understandably, these markets are, I suppose, just treading water as we speak. We've got the Dow Jones just in positive territory, the S&P 500 up by around 0.2%, the NASDAQ up by a half of 1%. They're still in the neighborhood of record highs, but investors are cautious. We've seen traders brace for a deluge of earnings this week. In fact, we've got about 19% of the S&P 500 announcing its earnings We've also got the US Treasury expected to announce a boost to its sales of long-term debt at the same time, and that's likely to cause some volatility, particularly in the bond market. And And that's an important point, right? Because there have been moments in recent history where they've just ratcheted up their need to borrow, and that from time to time has met with some volatility where interest rates are concerned. So the focus will be on the supply of Treasury issuance and at the same time, the spotlight will also be on the US Treasury's borrowing forecast for the first and second quarters and its refunding announcement, including the size of its bond auctions going forward. What you, from time to time, hear is the discussion around liquidity conditions. Essentially, means how much money there's sloshing around in the system. And you know, depending on what the US Treasury does, that can influence the discussion around how much money is indeed moving around the uh, the US economy in particular, but also the, the global economy more broadly. It's also important to realise that this is happening a day before the US Federal Reserve's the interest rate <laughs> announcement. So they start their two-day meeting today and bond investors are expecting the US Federal Reserve to drop its bias towards hiking interest rates at its policy meeting this week and to prepare the market for what could be multiple rate cuts this year and the first since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020. The markets have really got themselves fizzed up about the idea that from April onwards, the US Federal Reserve is going to be falling over themselves to cut rates, Ryan. And that is the risk, isn't it? That there's just a couple of words that might be misplaced or uh, just cast a different feeling over things, suggesting that, you know what, fellas and ladies, of course, um, perhaps we won't be diving into this rate-cutting scenario? Well, I think it's important to point out that the Fed won't cut at its two-day meeting this week because the economy is still growing solidly. And while inflation, excluding food and energy, that core inflation number that we're focused on on a monthly basis has been at at or below 2% in six of the last seven months, the Fed wants to be sure that it can see a sustained easing in inflation before cutting interest rates. And it's also important to uh, understand that this discussion about rate cuts is calibrated by the feeling that the Fed had raised rates too much, that the risk of a recession was great, and that the only way to avoid that is to start cutting rates. But the figures that we have seen shown time and again, month after month lately, that the US economy is actually hanging in there quite nicely. It is. And what we have seen is economic activity slowing, but not sharply. In fact, holding up, growth remains surprisingly robust through the end of last year, and they are really mulling at the moment whether that softening in inflation is significant enough and sustainable enough for them to cut interest rates. So we have seen bond yields down. The 10-year currently today, for example, has fallen about six basis points to 4.10%. It's kind of in a range at the moment, at the bottom at 3.9%, at the top of 4.2%. 
We have seen stocks, as you mentioned, hit record highs. And this could bolster economic activity and consumer spending. And for that reason, officials could wait until May before cutting interest Indeed. rates. The one thing that I did want to talk about briefly, Ryan, because you, know, you, you always keep an eye out for markets you know, breaking down or indeed consolidating and preparing themselves for a, a move higher. And one thing that kind of irks me a little bit is the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. You know, when you see a, a stock like Intel, which you know, had a double-digit decline the day before, you just sort of sharpen your pencil and have a look in, a little bit uh, closer at what's going on. So since the beginning of January, you've had the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, which is an important barometer of what's going on in the tech space. It's improved by as much as 18%. Uh, over the course of the last couple of days, it has broken down you know, in the order of around 5%, albeit from record highs. Um, however, you know, in coming days, as you rightly pointed out, we have got some important technology organizations reporting their numbers. And I'm just mindful of the fact that within these figures, there could be some sort of catalyst that uh, stiffens that breeze that the Philly Semiconductor Index has been running into in the last couple of days. I think you make a good point, Tom. We've seen a slew of mega cap earnings, which will be under the lens of investors after we did see disappointing forecasts from chipmaker Intel and Tesla last week. And that really deepened concerns about overvaluation of those momentum stocks that have spearheaded the market rally since the end of last year. So NVIDIA's up 25%, AMD's up 20%, ASML up 15%. They're sizable gains in the space of weeks. They are. So, of course, these companies are priced to perfection at the moment, and there's expectations around the artificial intelligence numbers in particular, and that will drive the markets going forward. So a lot to digest there. And as far as the markets are concerned today, Tom, it's really a bit of a piecemeal Monday, isn't it? It's kind of one of those Mondays where the markets are kind of treading water, as you mentioned. So we've got Archer Daniels Midland. It's up 4.4% leading gains on the S&P 500 after CEO Juan Luciano's letter to employees (laughs) eased concerns over investigation of the agricultural giant's inter-segment sales. So what we have seen from Archer Daniels, which is a large agricultural company, is we have seen its share price last week plunge by 24% the most on record. On an accounting probe, he sent a letter to employees easing some of those fears, and we have seen a little bit of a rebound in that stock today. And also at the same time, we've seen memory chip maker Western Digital gain 2%, following reports that Bain Capital is restarting discussions to facilitate a merger between Western Digital and Japan-based Kijou Holdings. really want to just quickly shift the focus to China because there was an important event in the last day in terms of uh, Hong Kong court uh, effectively winding up one of the most important property organizations in China, uh, Evergrande. Ryan, this has got Uh, some very significant ramifications on a whole range of fronts, not least of which is China as a destination for foreign capital. The key, as you mentioned, Tom, is whether Monday's ruling will be followed in mainland China, which has a separate legal system. So that's where the rubber hits the road for international investors. But just to give you a sense, Evergrande shares having listed uh, in 2009 at $3.50 per share, Hong Kong uh, currently trading at around 16 cents per share. Uh, the dollar-denominated bonds are trading at around 1.6 cents to the dollar. So um, they have not got all that far to fall, but there's a lot of wood to chop here in terms of uh, unwinding the the Evergrande mess, wouldn't you say? 
Well, it's got 300 billion US dollars worth of liabilities. So it did have an impact on commodity markets last night. In fact, we did see all prices, the US all NYMEX prices down 1.8% to 76.61 US dollars a barrel. And China is the world's biggest importer of oil and sentiment around the property sector and the impact on the consumer in particular dampened the sentiment around the oil market last night, despite, of course, the fact that we did see those strikes on that tanker in the Red Sea and US troops attacked in Jordan at the same time. Uh, Local front today, Ryan, what's your pick of the crop? So we've got SPY futures currently up by just 8 points or 0.1%, Tom, so a flat start to trade as expected in Australia. Eagers Automotive hosting an investor meeting. Atlas Arteria and Megaport both released sales updates. Nickel Industries, Sandfire Resources and Vulcan Energy issued production results. We've got retail trade data for the month of December. We're expecting to see retail spending decline around 2% in December, reversing the strong monthly print in November and implying a degree of pull forward from the Black Friday sales. Indeed, the Aussie dollar has been able to drift higher, even though the US dollar has been reasonably strong last night. So at its highest ebb, local currency trading just north of 66 US cents at it's low, 65.7 as we speak right now. It's at 65.9. Thank you very much for your company this morning. We hope you have a great day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.